Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message from our special guest. Good to be here and good to be with you. This is our fourth visit in 12 months. And it was just about 15 months ago while we were waiting on the Lord regarding our ministry and how we travel. We're part of the David Pawson teaching team. And uh, David Pawson is now 89 years of age and is not very well. He's had a nasty fall and put him in hospital and he's now just lost the use of his legs because of his age and a condition that his parents, father and grandfather had, so he's now in a nursing home. But last time we visited him in England, he asked Jean and I would we continue and just to spread his teaching and letting people know about the website, davidporson.org. We have an average of 12,000 downloads a day on that website, and uh, we are ministering to people in every country in the world. There was one country where it wasn't going, and thankfully to God, we've now been able to get a USB stick into that country as well. I'm looking today at a whole book of the Bible. If I had time, I would read the whole book. And we would, it's only uh, one and a half pages long, but it's possibly the most, for me, for the Christian church today, it's probably the most powerful book that we will have in our scriptures. It's the book of Jude. His name was Judas. And this man explains things and challenges even right back in his days. This is the right back in the days of our Lord. So it's going back a long while. And he noticed that even then the Christian church was slipping into license and liberty that he wanted to address. His name was Judas And he is discussing and looking at self-centeredness of the individual with even in those days the early church. And he brings out very clearly that self-centeredness leads to independence. And when we get too self-centered, we get independent even of God. And independence leads to indulgence. And we'll see that as we go through the book of Jude. It's not an easy book to preach on and it's going to be a miracle. (laughs) David, if we can get through it. I have a clock already ticking away and it's already lost four minutes and I haven't even started. (laughs) His name was Judas and his name is in the Gospels without us realising exactly what he was going to become In Matthew, I think it's chapter 13, it says 15 up there, uh, 17, but it's, it's not 17, that's the mistake. But it just says, this is the brothers of Jesus, his half brothers, Mary, even though there's some particular denomination says that Mary was a virgin. She was only a virgin until she conceived Jesus. After that, she went on to have sons and two daughters four more sons and two more daughters. And one of them 
In Scripture, in Matthew, it says, isn't this the carpenter's son? That's Joseph, of course. Isn't his mother's name Mary? Aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? In Mark, it says, isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas and Simon? Aren't his sisters with us? And they took offence at him. The interesting thing is that these, this man Judas, obviously for some, and you would understand why he no longer called himself Judas, because there was another Judas in scripture that disowned the Lord and he ended up committing suicide because he sold Jesus for the price of a slave. But now he doesn't call himself Judas, he calls himself Jude for obvious reasons. And here he is at one stage when Jesus was preaching and teaching and doing healing, this man, Judas, a half-brother of Jesus, and, and Mary herself accused Jesus of being schizophrenic. In our English Bible, it just says, come home, Jesus, you come home with us, you are beside yourself, which is saying he has a split personality, he's schizophrenic, he thinks he's the son of God, but come on and we want to take you home, you're making a fun of our family, please come. Why don't you go up to the Feast of Tabernacles and reveal yourself there? That's when the Messiah is due and they ridiculed this, their own half-brother Jesus. And now we have a book in our Bible written by this man. Two books written by his brothers, James, earlier in the New Testament, just a few chapters earlier, we have another book called James, written by the other brother. You imagine two brothers who are accusing Jesus of being schizophrenic and now writing books that are in your Bible. Isn't that incredible? What made the difference? We read in scripture that Jesus appeared to them after he rose from the dead. And friends, as I was preparing for this service this, mor uh, this morning way back a month or two ago, as the Lord opened this up to me and asked me to share this today, I just felt the Lord was going to open eyes today for people who are still not understanding who Jesus is. And I want you to know that the Jesus that is with us today is the same Jesus. And the man, this man Judas, who at one stage saw this man as schizophrenic, once he met Jesus, the resurrected Christ, his life turned around. And friends, some of you have been coming in and out of this fellowship for a while and you've seen God move and you've seen healings, you've seen lives changed. And I'm asking you right now to start considering that this man Jesus is alive today. You saw the photograph on the front of that book. That's the risen Lord Jesus. And he's here to change people's lives today. 
If you just give him an opportunity even now, I want you, if you have a doubt in your mind that Jesus is alive, I'm asking you right now, Lord, if you are real, would you reveal yourself right now to me? Would you do that? It's not me, it's Jesus. Please don't muck around with God. There's eternity at stake and this man Jude knew all about it. Now this man Jude, once who ridiculed Jesus, he is so changed, instead of being an accuser and a downputter, is now so changed in his personality, he says, I, he doesn't say, oh, you should listen to me, I've written this book and I'm the brother of Jesus. You know what he says? In the first verse, he just says, I'm a slave of Jesus and the brother of James that you all know. What a change of heart. And then he writes to those who have been called, to those who are loved by God the Father and kept by or in Jesus Christ. And then he starts off sharing about who Jesus is. Jude attacks the carelessness. This is why he felt the need. He says, I felt I needed to contend or fight for the faith that's been presented to us. This is going on just, just a few years after Jesus was crucified. And here he is contending for the faith even then. And as we travel the world and we tr get into churches, that big and small we're finding that we are also needing to contend for the faith. While Australia is going through its uh, same-sex marriage debate, which is now legal within Australia, we were attending a church, and right as the, our government and as advertisements are going around Australia to work out whether we could accept same-sex marriage and we, we as... Uh, citizens had to vote yes or no and many a church including the one we were attending would not allow that subject in fact I was a pastor of that church on the pastoral team and I was asked not to even talk about it from the platform because it might upset, upset somebody in the pew maybe there's somebody in the pew who's a mother in the pew whose son or daughter is homosexual and we don't want to upset them. Friends, the reason I'm here today to talk about the book of Jude is that we need to be upset when we need to be upset. We have to contend for the faith even today. And I'm not here to upset anybody, I'm here to awaken the church of Jesus Christ. And Jude attacks the carelessness even in his day with authority. There were those who became arrogant with authority. And I want to share with you just something right now which is very important. Even though we might not agree with the government you have, or this, you might have voted this way or that way, please be aware that God has a casting vote in every election. And we will have the government we deserve or the government he desires. 
And no matter what government comes anywhere in the world, God has had the casting vote. And it is to improve us, <laughs> change us, give it, and, but God is in absolute control. Even in every country, God is in control. I have seen it firsthand in many nations as we travel that God has the casting vote. And I'd ask you to be aware of that as Christians, to respect the governments, whoever they are. Respect authority, even the police. I travel around and I see that's probably one of the things that I used to, as a businessman, before I came full-time, I'd been a pastor for many years, but I ran a business and pastored and, and so on. And I had a, a beautiful car. I could afford it. I was in business. And I thought nothing of breaking the speed limit. Oh, I had a car with disc brakes, V8 disc brakes. I can, those speed limits are for those people that drive Holdens. And I had every excuse in the book until the Holy Spirit convicted me that I was being arrogant against authority. You might think that's a small thing. Business people love, love to dodge tax. Tax, God has put them there on purpose. And that's, I'm not making that a political statement. I'm saying, church, wake up the fact that we have our obligation under God and we cannot be careless with authority. The next one he attacks is carelessness with God. They, people became irreverent. They lost their fear of God and they lost they went in with liberty and license, legalism and liber liberalism, and the, the word of God was just weakened and broken down so they could do anything. Friends, no matter what is happening in the churches of Jesus Christ around the world, can I tell you that no matter what happens, the church of Jesus Christ will never be broken, never be destroyed from what's happening outside the church. You hearing me? The church of Jesus Christ will never be broken by what's happening in the streets around you or whatever religions, whatever comes into your country. The church of Jesus Christ will never, ever be destroyed from what's happening out, but from within. It's the carelessness of the preaching of the word of God, including individuals who live lives, who say they're Christians and they're not Christ-like. The church of Jesus Christ will never be destroyed from out but within. So for those who need to have a wake up, wake up because Christ is on the throne and he's promised us that even the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. We have his word on that. And poor Jude, he says, I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith in verse 2, it says, mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. Do you recognize that there is a word missing there? You read all the Gospels, the epistles, and virtually all of them except Jude put in their grace, mercy, and peace. Jude leaves out the word grace because already the church in his day was abusing grace. And I've heard it from pulpits around the world and they use terms like the unconditional love of God. 
you realize that that word is not in your script Bible? It is not unconditional. It is conditional. The word they should use is the unfailing love of God. But his love is conditional for those who obey him, who keep his commands. And if you have anything to do with using that word, the unconditional love of God, think again because it is not scriptural. And, and Jude recognises and he doesn't put Jude uh, grace in, he just says mercy because that's what they needed. Dear friends, although I was eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints. For certain men whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in amongst you. They are godless men who changed the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ our only sovereign and Lord. Though you already know all this, I want to remind you that the Lord delivered his people, that's the children of Israel, out of Egypt, but later destroyed those who did not continue to believe. And the angels who did not keep their positions of authority but abandoned their own home in heaven, these he has kept in darkness, bound with everlasting chains for judgment on that great day. In a similar way, Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding towns gave themselves up to sexual immorality and perversion. They serve as an example of those who suffer the punishment of eternal fire. In the same way, these dreamers pollute their own bodies, reject authority and slanderous celestial beings. Down to verse 11. Woe to them, for they have taken the way of Cain and have rushed in to the prophet of Balaam's error and they have been destroyed in Korah's rebellion. But you, dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in Holy Spirit power and keep yourself in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. I was going to share a story that I read in a book um, years and years ago and my time is half gone already and I haven't even started. There was a group of people in, at Mount Palais. I'll just be as brief as I could, can. And Mount Palais in, in the Martinique area, and they went into such debauchery even over a long weekend of Easter, during Lent and Easter. And in that Mount Palais, and that God sent an evangelist to go to that country to, over the Easter weekend to preach Jesus to them, to save them from their sins. And when he, he filled out the form that he was a preacher and he had to give an evangelistic meeting, they kept him on the boat and said, you're not going, we don't need you. And even in the cathedral, they offered a pig and nailed a pig onto a cross. And they said, if Jesus, if God is real, see if he'll do something with this. And they sacrificed a pig in the cathedral. And then 
Before too long, all of a sudden, a mountain started to erupt in a volcano. And there were boats in the harbour and they had to set sail because the fire, the boats were catching fire with the fire burning from the volcano. Friends, only two people survived on that island and there were two men, one of them a pastor who was locked in a dungeon and another prisoner. God will not be mocked. And when we hear this word, these godless men have come amongst you. It's not people without God or people without faith. It's people who have become careless. They know about God, but say, oh, God's not active anymore. Well, he, he understands our weaknesses. He understands our human, hum, humanity. That's becoming godless. Not because they don't know God, it's because they're getting careless with God. And this is what Jude is encountering here. Just God, godless, it means that God can't see. No wonder Jude does not use grace in his greeting. This letter of Jude is a reminder that God sees and remembers. And we had picture here of three groups of people. I'll just touch on three of them. Israel. Jude reminds his listeners that Israel, the children of Israel, they were delivered out of Egypt and they grew in numbers as they travelled. They were delivered out of Egypt with the shedding of blood as they slew an innocent lamb and put the, the blood on the lintels and the doorposts. And you can know from experience that's the shape of the cross. They went out with the cleansing of the shed lamb, an innocent lamb. And they went out through the wilderness. And they saw miracle after miracle. They saw the hand of God upon them. You imagine as they walked through the desert. We've been through that desert. And for 40 years, their shoes never wore out. That's a miracle. (laughs) You could go on forever on the miracles, but it says that when it came to the end, when they came to the edge of the promised land, God extended. You know, from Kadesh Benir to the promised land was 11-day journey. And God kept them wandering for 40 years. 11 days they could have got into the promised land, but their hearts were not ready. And God kept them wandering for 40 years. And the sad part about it, friends, Moses even had, I know Moses went to glory, but he died on the mountain. And, and we know that through Jude, what happened to his body, the angel, Michael, the archangel, buried him. It's only mentioned in Jude of all places in the whole of the Bible. But what we do see and as I was a little child grew, growing up, we learnt, we learnt a little ditty. Joshua, the son of Nun, that's the father of Joshua, Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephani, were the only two that ever got through to the land of milk and honey. That is a story out of your Bible. Out of the hundreds of thousands of children of Israel, Moses saw the promised land, but God didn't permit him to go in. And you know that reason. 
We know he was in glory because he turned up at Mount Transfiguration. But you imagine all those children of Israel, and Jude's reminding us, remember, the children of Israel, only two got into the promised land because they did not go on believing. And then he pricks out the angels. What about the angels? They knew God, they knew it all, but they were enticed by the daughters of men and had sex with women and God got hold of that group of angels who had sexual encounter with women and throw them already into the dungeon waiting for the eternal judgment. They held, had authority but forgot that they were still under higher authority. Then he reminds us about Sodom and Gomorrah. The fire was still burning in Christ's day. What I, can I just remind you, friends, that a lot of people think that the story of Sodom and Gomorrah is just people going into a, a, a deliberate sexuality and promiscuity to the nth degree. But you know what started it off? If you read the rest of Scripture, other passages in Scripture, the problem with Sodom started, and Gomorrah, they started by being careless. They started building themselves up and building homes, and they forgot about the poor the needy, careless against authority. And this self-centeredness and carelessness led to debauchery until God destroyed the whole of Sodom and Gomorrah with fire and brimstone. Self-centeredness leads to independence, which leads to personal indulgence. Then Jude reminds us we better keep moving on. Jude then goes on to three individuals. He talks about three groups of people, uh, groups, and now he talks about three individuals and says, now what about Cain in verse 11? What was wrong with Cain? He Abel and say, well, can I have an animal? And I know his pride and his self-centeredness says, my products are as good as anybody I'll offer my to my God my way and you know the story man-made religion just to please man and to please people you read through the book of Hebrew you'll understand that by faith Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain by faith he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings and by faith he still speaks even though he is dead. Then we go into another man called Balaam. Balaam was a prophet of God. In Numbers chapter 22 to 25 we read the story of this man, Balaam. He was a prophet of God who could hear God and would give out the words of God clearly. But there came another nation who wanted to get at Israel into another area. And they came to Balaam and said, well, Balaam, you you hear from God and people take notice of you. Maybe uh, we'll give you a lot of money if you will curse Israel. Instead of giving them all this blessing, we need you to curse them so we can take over their country or this particular land. And Balaam thought no, and he tried to curse 
and God wouldn't let him curse the children of Israel. And Balaam thought, oh, I'd like to have that money, 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 money. And so what does he do? Well, he says to the, these people, well, I can't, I'm sorry, I'd love very much your money, but God won't let me curse them. But I tell you what, I know how to get God to take his hand off the children of Israel. You've got some handsome men. How about you men go in and seduce the children, the girls, the women in Israel? You seduce them. Get immorality going in the camp and God's hand will be taken off. And that's what he did. He still got his money, but instead of bringing a curse, he told the Moabites how to seduce. And when they left their guard down, then God had to take his hand off because there's a consequence in sin. So Balaam got his money. Friends, I've been in the game long enough to know there's a lot of churches, a lot of things happening in the name of Christ where people are off doing whatever they can to get money. They're even skiting of how many jet planes they own and how big a plantation they own and how many houses and whatever and have money, 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 all in the name of Jesus. Jude talks about them. And then we come to a third group of a person called Korah in Numbers chapter 16. And they, again, God had a stipulation for leadership within, the, the, within uh, Israel, that there were certain people that God brought in as leaders, as the shepherds of the flock. But Korah felt, well, they're human. Moses, Aaron, they're just human. We can do what they do. We can offer censers. We can light some fire and get some incense and burn it and we'll make offerings. Oh, we're as holy as they are. Who do they think they are? You read it in number 16. The whole, and their words were, the whole community is holy. Every one of them. And the Lord is with them. Why then do you set yourselves above the Lord's assembly? We're all holy. And they rebelled against authority. And the whole, these three individuals that we read about, all three became independent and indulged themselves. The sad story about Korah was that God said, children of Israel, get away from them. Separate from them that teaching that all are holy, we don't need. And us today, we don't need the blood of Jesus to cleanse us. We don't need to go on forgiving. We don't need to ask getting forgiveness. We're all holy. We, we, we help the poor. We feed the hungry. We do this. We do that. We go to church every Sunday. Korah felt that way. Well, we're all holy. It doesn't matter what we, who we are. We're all holy. We all know God. And God said to the children of Israel, get away from that group. Get away, move away, move away. And God in his holiness and his righteousness, that whole family of Korah and all his families, women and children, God just opened up the ground 
and the whole lot, tents, family, children, cattle that belonged to that family were just swallowed alive down in a pit and it covered them over. Friends, get serious with God. He will not be mocked. Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. And the Old Testament says, I, the Lord, alters not. And then as we go through in these last few minutes, Jude comes through and says, now, come on, let's get down. We've talked about the people of old. We talked about men in the Old Testament. I want to say right now, friends, he's talking to his own group of people. He says, even in you, you, you church, talking to his own group of people, you have blemishes in your love feasts, in your communion service, you have people breaking bread and drinking wine. And they're blemishes because they only love themselves. You're okay, you've, and he says, you shepherds, you lousy shepherds, you're only feeding yourself, you're only interested in your own selves. You're like clouds, clouds that are supposed to bring get darker and darker and bring rain and they're just useless clouds. They bring no showers of blessing, showers without rain, empty promises. You're like trees that all should be right now full of leaves and now fruit, twice dead, uprooted, rotten shepherds, rotten leaders. You're like wild waves. As you imagine Jude talking to his own people, his own pastors, his own leaders. He says, you're like waves in a seashore. Waves that go through and waves normally go up and down the beach. And as they go up, they pick up the rubbish and bring the rubbish back in and leave it down for the crabs and the crustaceans to eat. But you... Lousy teachers, shepherds, you're like bad waves that, in a storm that instead of coming and cleaning the beach, you, they, you, you end up leaving rubbish on the beaches and with foam and shame. You imagine talking to pastors like that? Wow. And then he says, and you're like wandering stars. Stars in those days are what they used for guiding ships around the oceans, he said. But you, leaders, you're wandering stars. How do people get guidance to worship God and find heaven with careless teaching? Wow. Imagine having a pastor like that. But friends, it's in the word of God. It's right there. Right words, wrong action, says Jude. And void of the spirit. Self-centeredness leads to independence. Independence leads to indulgence. When we give God up, God gives us up. Read Romans chapters 1 and 2. But if you think, oh, how, how, we, how do we have any hope? Paul in 1 Corinthians 6 and verses 9 to 11 says, Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, or homosexual offenders, or thieves, or the greedy, or drunkards, or slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. Now listen to this. 
And that is what some of you were. But now you have been justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. And then Jude beautifully winds up the whole of his book and says to him, now I want you to think of something. Right at the beginning of Jude, we have Jude saying that we have a God who keeps. Isn't that beautiful? He keeps. But then the balance of it is all is in the doxology and says to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Saviour, be glory, majesty, power and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages now and forevermore. Amen. So what we see is somebody that can keep us and keep us from falling. And when we, as we read in Corinthians, there are those times where we do make mistakes, but we have a beautiful God who comes and heals and forgives. Now, this has been a, 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 you probably have not had a pastor preach like this for a while. I didn't enjoy it, but God told me I had to share that message. I make no apology. Friends, the Christian church, I praise God for your pastors. I know them and know them personally, met them a few times now, and I know they're not offended by what I've just said because they know the word of God. I know Pastor Don. So I'm not having a go at this church, but I'm having a go at anyone in this church who thinks you can get away with what you think you're getting away with. I can preach this sermon that they might not be able to feel they can because of their closeness with you. So I'm away. I leave on Tuesday. <laughs> I, am com- <laughs> I am coming back, by the way. So I'm not having a go at this church, hear me. I'm having a go at the Christian church in general. The church of Jesus Christ is so sick around the world. We are shrinking. We have good groups, but I tell you, if you have a look around the world, there are more churches closing, most of them being turned into mosques. (laughs) What a shame. The message hasn't altered. It's the messengers. And friends, if you're one of those messengers... Be awake. Get awake. Be challenged. If you know messengers that are preaching what Jude is preaching about, could you give them the book of Jude to read, please? Or share with them that this book of Jude is important. Let's have a time of just quietness. Father, as we come to a conclusion right now, Lord, you know this has been a a strong message. It meets... doesn't mince words. It's so real. Oh, Father, we have individuals here who think they've got away with something and they say that they're godly and they go to church, but in 
according to this book of Jude, they're godless. They think that God doesn't see. That God doesn't care. And we know he does. Have mercy, Lord. That's what Jude said. He didn't want to preach grace because he knew grace had been abused. So he said they need mercy. And friends, if you are here today and you're done, you're thinking your past is blotting out the grace and the mercy of God upon you. And you'd even like to stand in the gap for other members of your family or if you're from a visitor and you're coming from a church who has been careless with the truth. Or if you're from another country and you're in a group that they are careless with the truth and you'd like to come forward and ask for God's mercy to be upon that group or upon your family or upon your extended family if there are those within your family that have been careless with the truth and they have the an aspect and oh yes, they go to church. But what Jude has spoken about makes them and tells us that they're going to hell because you will not be mocked. And Father, in these last minutes that we have together, you be judge. I'm not judging them, anybody, Lord. Only you are the judge. Would you just speak right now to individual hearts and if there are people that need to repent and get forgiveness for whatever it is. And friends, please don't judge when people come to the front. Don't say, oh, they must be. Please don't judge lest you be judged. Friends, as the musicians play and you want to come forward and have received God's mercy or stand in the gap for somebody else or even for your nation, if you're from another nationality and you know what's going on in the church in your area and you're coming here and you're saying, God, I need grace, we need grace, we need grace, we need your mercy, would you come forward? As the musicians come and we'll, there'll be a prayer team coming forward to pray with you. Please don't be embarrassed. But please, I'd rather you be embarrassed today before your family or friends than when you meet Jesus, the great high priest, when he comes in the clouds on the day of judgment. I'd rather you be embarrassed right now than be meet Jesus and him to say, I Depart from me, I never knew you. God, have mercy on us in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit of the living God, would you just come and fall on us right now and bring what you need to bring of conviction of sin and remind us of the righteousness that you require and remind us of the coming judgment of the Lord Jesus Christ. And may we act accordingly in the name of Jesus. Amen.